everyone. Welcome back to Well Then, a podcast where we talk about all things wellness and putting your health first. I'm your host, Megan Shearer. Today, I am so excited to welcome back a repeat guest on my show, Katrina Wright. Katrina is a former food science major, now fitness influencer and entrepreneur with an incredible business and membership in the fitness industry, making an impact on so many young women and empowering them to take charge of their health and their lives and build more confidence and self-worth. And she's also a great friend of mine. Um, So this is a conversation we've been talking about for a while. Uh, We do a lot of work together in her membership and speaking to young women about topics like self-love, self-esteem, and body image, which is what we're talking about today. And you'll hear in this episode that we both have personal experiences with seeing our bodies transform in lots of different ways and going through the ups and the downs of a fitness journey and relationships with food and exercise that were not always healthy and empowering to getting to a place where we really learned to love ourselves. And Katrina offers such valuable insight and wisdom at such a young age in how to really come to a place of self-acceptance in a society that is always pressuring us to change. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear this episode and hear her insights and and hear her share her journey and some pieces of mine as well as we dive into a conversation all about body image and self-love. And you're going to want to stay tuned until the very end um, if you're listening to this episode the first week that it launched because we have a special giveaway um, that we'll share about at the end. So let's dive right in to chat with Katrina. All right. Hey, girl. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here again. Oh my gosh, of course. I'm so excited to be back on. Oh yeah, I'm so excited. I know we've been talking about having this conversation for a while now, and I think it is such an important one. Um, Yes. You know, we're talking all things body image today, and and you and I have these conversations a lot with each other and on our lives and um, on our own Instagram account all the time. And I just (laughs) think it's such an important thing to continue to normalize because especially in the fitness industry, I think there's a common misconception that, um, you know, just because you're in shape and in the fitness industry and working out a lot that you must love your body and feel good about yourself all the time. And that's not the case. (laughs) No. And I think we've seen it also in our lives, how many women you know, we come on the lives and we expect them to be all about fitness, how do I grow my butt, how do I do this, but they're more like, hey, I'm working out, but how do I actually love my body? And that's been the biggest question I think you and I both received. Yeah, 100%. And what I love about your journey, and there's a lot of, a lot of things that I relate to in your story, is that you've had so many different phases of evolution to your physical body, not only in the way that it looks, but the way that you relate to it. You know, everything Mm -hmm. from when, before you started lifting and working out and you were struggling with your uh, symptoms from your concussion and just not feeling strong and empowered to then going into the fitness industry, starting to put on muscle and experiencing that, but also experiencing some obsession with it. And like, Mm -hmm. I, I would love you to to give everybody just like a little bit of a snapshot and a timeline of what your sort of body image evolution has looked like. Um, maybe from like your late teens or the first time you, you remember experiencing body image issues up until now. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. This is 
this is deep. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we um, dive right in. <laughs> we dive right in there. Okay. So um, my senior year of high school, I was actually homeschooled from chronic concussions. Um, I had multiple concussions. So I was homeschooled, um, could not work out, stayed in bed most of the day in a dark room. So at that point, I remember just developing a deep sense of self-hatred for my body because I couldn't move my body in the way I was used to. Plus, I lost all sense of worth it felt. So I started diving into a deep depression self-hatred for my body where I started extremely under eating. Um, and that lasted all the way until about sophomore year of college where I went through a breakup with my high school sweetheart at the time. Um, and as you might know, heartbreak you know, causes you to feel anxious, not wanting to eat, all those things. So I lost even more weight from that point on. And I remember looking into the mirror my sophomore year of college and just seeing a shell of myself. I, I couldn't recognize myself at all. I mean, at this point, my roommates were feeding me. I think I told this in the last podcast, but my roommates were feeding me pieces of bread under the door just to eat because I would lock myself in my room all day. And um, yeah, complete shell of myself. And I remember just looking in the mirror and thinking, I just want to be strong. Like, I just, I need to break through with this. I, I want my body to feel strong. And that's the moment I got into weight training, um, which luckily at that point I started, they told me when I was in high school and I was homeschooled that I wouldn't be able to work out the same again. And I kind of decided that was not going to determine my life at that point in sophomore year. So I started getting weight training because cardio was so hard on my migraines. So got into weight training, um, was terrified of the weight room, so I would use my apartment gym and just kind of get into it here and there, got more into it junior year of college to an extremity. I mean, at that point, um, I pretty much put all my work into my body. So I um, started getting into competing. I started extreme cut. I lost about 15, 20 pounds. So I got down to about 95 at the time I competed. And my body sat around like 110 at that point in college, 105. Um, so I completely put all my work into my body when it comes to being lean. And I thought that the leaner I was, um, the sexier I would be. I started developing, you know, toxic relationship bonds. And at that time, um, and it was incredibly hard for me because I remember just <laughs> trying to get leaner and leaner and leaner. So the man, the man at that time that I'm in love with would love me more. And it just seemed to kind of push him away. And I was like, oh, I, I just need to look better here, look better here. Because at that time, it was a huge comparison. That was when Instagram started to really take off. Um, so I would just all the time be looking on Instagram and seeing all the pictures of girls he liked. And I was trying so hard to, to pretty much just be everything they encompassed and it just could never be good enough. So then I was like, okay, so what do I need to do? So then I went into this phase of, well, let me, you know, kind of try to like put on more muscle, put on more weight, feel more sexy for him. And just turned this whole journey of kind of trying to develop my body for someone else and trying to fit into this mold of what someone else would deem as good enough. Um, I remember throughout college and high school at the time always being called Butterface. So for me, they're like, oh, she has a decent body, but her face wasn't good enough. So I tried to, oh, I killed myself in the gym. I was in the gym all the time. I mean, every single day I hit it in college and it was kind of like my only thing that I thought, okay, this is going to make me feel, make me good enough for in the eyes of men and to, you know, keep my relationship at the time. Um, that was five years and going to now. So I'm now two years out of college. Um, my body, I'm now 40 pounds heavier than I was at that time I just mentioned. Um, and it's been a massive shift. Um, I think moving to Colorado. So I graduated college. I got a job that was really tough. I worked 13 hours. Um, I had a four hour commute every single day and I still 
girl I worked with the gym and was super strict with my diet. And I'm still not toxic waste at the time. So that was a big thing for me to maintain my physique. And I decided I had a break. Um, I got into a car accident and it was a huge shift for me where I was like, okay, I've spent how many years hating the body I'm in, completely tearing it down, overworking it, um, under eating, all of these things. Um, and I hated the job I was in. I was absolutely miserable. So at that point, I decided, you know, I really want to transform my life and I want to help transform other women who are feeling this way. And so many women at that time looked at me like, oh my gosh, she's been lean for so many years. She has a fitness page. She has all this. And little did I know, like, I was just absolutely starving myself every single day of love from my body and myself. And I decided to move to Colorado after launching um, the Daily Sculpt because I was so passionate about this mission um, to help other women feel the same way and change their mindset. And moved to Colorado, and it was like just a light switch went off where it was like, this body I'm in is so much more than my physical exterior. It's a vessel for me to experience life. And it was, it's been a beautiful transition for me where now I'm trying, finally starting to see and accept my natural body and who it is, how, how it is. I mean, I'm sure you went through the same stage with makeup and just feeling like it to be absolutely perfect to put together all the time. And now more so accepting myself. We can go out to the mountains. It's like this life isn't meant for me to just be a perfect Barbie doll. It's meant for me to completely experience it. And it's more so now showing love for my body and what it allows me to experience and falling in love with just how my body is and what it does for me has been the biggest thing, transformative, I guess, piece of this whole journey for me. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest switch for me was really just that that car accident was massive for me where I was like, I am in such self-hatred and I wanted to completely change that and shift that and show other women they can do. And, and now I am, that's where I'm now. Man. Well, that's so powerful. I have goosebumps from, from so much <laughs> of that story that I can relate to. And I mean, okay. So going back to kind of the beginning of of that journey for you, I think there's there's something we share in common there. Um, although the timeline's a little bit different, because for me, I was in a bad car accident, and that is what prompted like my concussion and my mm. depression and not being able to get out of bed and, and really struggling with that, and then finally getting to the point where I was like, you know what, I want to feel strong, and I want to feel empowered, and yeah. that is what initially sparked me getting into... Um, weight training and then the competition world and all of that. So it started as yeah. this empowering thing, kind of like you shared, like, I just want to feel strong and, and good about yeah. myself. And then, you know, I've thought about this a lot. I think, I think for me, it was a combination of things like you, you get into that world and then all of a sudden you start getting validation maybe in a way that exactly. you had before. And that's mm -hmm. what sparks the shift from it being an empowering thing that's just for you to all of a sudden it's taken on a life of its own. And now you're changing your body for everybody else. Kind of like you yep. alluded to, like you got into this oh, yeah. place where you weren't just lifting because it felt good. You were sculpting your body and doing everything you could to chisel and change yourself so that a guy would like you or so that other people would approve of you. Yep. Do you I feel mean, like, yeah, do oh, you feel yeah. like that was like the big shift, like that, like getting those little micro pieces of validation is what transformed it from being an empowering thing to a disempowering one or, or what, what did that shift look like for you? 
I would say 100%. I mean, I was just going to say, how many people ask you the question, oh, you've gained weight, you look great, besides, oh, you've lost weight. Like, wow, how do you right. do that? Um, your abs and all those things. So for me, so I got into the whole weight training journey or bodybuilding physique world, and I got, I dove right into it. And that point, I actually lost a lot of friends because in college at the time, I wasn't drinking. I'm going out partying and people didn't really understand the lifestyle. So I, <laughs> yeah, that. I can relate yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah. And I started getting all those compliments, like you said, of, oh, oh my gosh, how do you get those abs? Like, can you train me, et cetera? Cause I was just dropping weight like this and getting more into the gym. And then it kind of turned into, oh, so this is a better version. Oh, so this is what people want to see. Oh, okay. And I try to keep that, you know, the competing, competing for me, it was definitely empowering and, because you, and I'm sure it was the same for you, because you really had to put your mind to something and it's hard. It's not easy. So at that point, that was the empowering part to me. But for the reasons I was doing it, I said I was doing it for myself. But it was also, I definitely craved that validation in the relationship. And I wasn't getting it at all um, during competing. So I competed and then afterwards I was like, okay, what do I need to do with my body now? So it'll, it'll love me basically. Um, so it completely shifted during that whole time period. So I recognized that changing my body didn't change the relationship. Yeah, a hundred percent. And mm-hmm. similar to you, I, I had a shift like that too. And it came after, well, I didn't realize I was done competing yet. I, I thought I was <laughs> still going to keep competing. Um, and I, you know, as I've shared with you and a lot of my listeners before that I got, um, a, a boob job. I got breast mm-hmm. breast implants um and as soon as i had that surgery i realized oh my god i'm not doing this for me like mm-hmm. i just cut into my body for the sake of like placing better in a physique competition or yeah. you know proving to other people that i could have the perfect body even mm-hmm. trying to prove to myself that i could have the perfect body like what does that even mean and that's when that switch flipped for me and I, and I started to realize like, this isn't healthy. I've been going to extremes and, and this isn't right. Like this isn't what life's about. There's so much more to me than just a body kind of like you shared. So I'm curious ever since that, that, um, switch flipped for you. And ever since you made that decision to say like, okay, yeah, I want to take care of myself, but I also know that I'm a lot more than a body and I want Mm -hmm. to, you know, get to a healthier place and a healthier weight and, and not care as much about like being lean and shredded all the time. I know that even after I made that decision, there were still a lot of hard days where seeing your body change all of a sudden, like you said, you're 40 pounds heavier than you Mm -hmm. were at your lowest point. Like that's Mm -hmm. a big shift. I went through that same transformation myself. And even though logically, you know, like this is right, this is good for me you look in the mirror sometimes and you're like, crap, like this is a hard thing to adjust to. Or, or, you know, I've seen you post about this where like your, your old jeans don't fit anymore. And Mm -hmm. how do you check yourself in those moments when you know that it's right for you to keep pursuing this path and that it's okay to gain weight, but there's also the, the old part of your conditioning that says like, no, 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 you need to be small. Yeah. And I think, I think it's important to talk about and normalize that, just because you make the shift to love your body in its form does not mean every single day is rainbows and butterflies. I always get um, comments and DMs that basically say, oh my gosh, how do you love your body all the time? Are you so confident? And it's a daily practice for me. And it's something I'm still working at. And just like you said with the boob job, 
I swore to myself I was going to get one done after um, college, swore to myself. And I was like, I had the computational set up and everything. And that's when I had that done was the shift I was making to actually accept my body for hours and love it. And I decided to pull out back, but it was not easy because I always grew up thinking I wasn't, I mean, I have a sister who has like side feed boobs. My mom has big boobs. And I just remember always being made fun of for it and just not feeling confident or sexy enough for them. Um, but then I got my nipple spirit, then, you know, I changed the game. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, so that, that was always a, a thing for me. And it's still a daily practice for me to be like, okay, I made a decision to love myself, but it wasn't an easy thing. Um, to do that. And so every day, yeah, when it comes to the waking, all those things, I've seen my body, um, cellulite changes, I've seen tiger stripes, I've seen growth marks on my butt, I've seen, you know, all these things different about my body. I get comments all the time saying, oh, like, you look a little bit better leaner, or you look more fit, you don't even look as you work out anymore. I see comments all the time, and it's hard to, especially when you're, you know, in the fitness world, and you're still, fitness is still a big part of your life, and you work out, to you know think that you don't have to be a shredded version of yourself because yeah i can't see my upper body muscles as much but i am showing my body love from the gym and my body is i mean it's the healthiest i've been ever currently with my gut health overall i'm just health in general i was so sick when i was lean i was so sick when i was competing um mentally too and i just feel so confident in this body weight because i'm finally accepting myself as i am and the best i always refer to it as a vessel because like you said, I don't believe like our body isn't here to be critiqued by anyone else or to be critiqued for ourselves. I mean, I don't want to be 90 years old and like think I am not worth living because of my, how my body's aged. I want to be 90 years old and be freaking on the last cruise, experiencing life and just being thankful to be here and that my body allows me to do these things. So um, it's a daily practice for sure. I even sat in the bathroom the other day and I looked at my legs and my legs are cut, I'm, I scar super easily, and I have tons of scars on my legs, and I started to get in that negative mindset again, like, oh, like, maybe I should order all these different scar creams, maybe I should look into surgery, and it was just kind of like, this is me, and it's a constant shift of your, of your voice and your voice. Yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts are more on that, because I, this is obviously something I've thought a lot about having gotten breast implants, and then having gotten them taken out because I got to the point where I realized like this was so inauthentic for me. Why did I cut my body open just for the sake mm -hmm. of, of looking different and like what a drastic extreme. And after I got the implants out, it was so clear to me that like we really are so much more than our bodies and that the, the, the most natural version of ourselves, when you find a place where you can love that, it is so damn empowering. And oh, yeah. you, you feel so much more confident in your body than when you're striving for it to be different. So I have this perspective now that like plastic surgery is a really detrimental extreme that I think has become too normalized. And there are instances yeah. where I think that it can make sense and it can be empowering and confidence building and all of that in, in certain scenarios but on the whole the fact that like so many young girls like teenage girls are going oh, into yeah. plastic surgeon's office is and saying like this is what I want to look like change me blows my mind and it, what what are your thoughts on that like becoming so normalized and such a trend I have, yeah I have the absolute the same opinion as you I mean I was that girl who and I think a lot of it honestly was social media for me because I was you know that extremely insecure girl 
um, with in a toxic relationship, and I was going through kind of everything I saw on social media, like he liked all, all the stuff, and it was always, you know, you see big butts, huge boobs, skinny waist, perfect skin, full lips, you know? So at that point, it was like, oh, I, I have to do this. Like, I have to do this to be deemed as sexy in the eyes of media, deemed this way. I mean, even in pornography, it's everywhere, you know what I mean? So you see it absolutely everywhere when it comes to um, plastic surgery. So it is extremely normalized, I would feel, especially just even lip injections. Now I see so many young girls getting it. I mean, yeah. it's just kind of, oh, okay, I need to fit this standard of beauty. So let me alter this. And obviously, like you said, I think, you know, to everyone each their own and who makes them confident. But I think there's a deeper issue there where if we feel like we have to completely alter our bodies in that kind of way, that's just a issue when it comes to, to me with society and just how women, I mean, I don't see the amount of plastic surgery usage with men, which is interesting to me because it just seems to be a huge women-based field, if that makes sense to, to me, to you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I know that like it's so easy to, to rationalize the decision. Like for me, when I did it, I was really of the belief that like I'm doing this for myself like I want to feel sexier and more like a woman and this is totally for me and it wasn't until after I did it and then after I got them out that I realized like wow that wasn't for me at all but society really had me think it was like I truly believed that I'd feel like more of a woman and sexier Mm -hmm. if I had bigger boobs but fake boobs like foreign objects in my body and the truth it couldn't be farther from the truth like I felt so much worse with them in because Mm -hmm. I wasn't being authentic and and it really took a lot of like personal work and confronting my own beliefs to say like wow I was kind of kidding myself to think that that was just for me like that was for a lot of other people and not for me that's also a beautiful decision you made to take them out really get to that point because I know it's extremely difficult and I think it's even extremely difficult to for so many women like for me it was really hard for me to say to say no like I remember in college sitting at my uh, kitchen table and my friends making fun of me um for you know my boob size compared to my sister's and um I was being cheated on at the time and some girl made a comment like oh what if it's like she literally said because of my boob it was just I still can't believe this day but um and it was ingrained in me, like, I'm getting a boob job. Like, I have to get a boob job because I will never feel sexy. I will never feel womanly. I'll never feel all these things. Um, and that was ingrained in me in college. I can't, we'll never You know what? That is such an important point to touch on. I think we should really, like, land there for a second because we don't realize how powerful our words can be. We all have these insecurities, whether they're micro or macro in scale. Everybody has insecurities that are, you know, rooted from somewhere in childhood where they think that they're not good enough because of some reason. And, you know, as we get older, we have the opportunity to unpack those insecurities. But we also have a responsibility to look out for the people around us. As much as we're taking care of our own self-talk, that one statement that that girl said to you landed for you in such a way that it made you want to change yourself for years to come. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had similar experiences as well. Like people saying I was flat chested and like getting made fun of for that. And that, that can really dig deep into your psyche, especially Mm -hmm. the younger that you are. And, you know, when you're a kid, you might not have as much awareness to be able to 
to filter the things that you say, but, but really like when it comes to body shaming comments, I think we all need to be so careful about the things that we say to other people because you never know what they're going to latch on to as their new truth. 100%. It's just, yeah, I think that I just, I think there's so many people who are so cavalier about like saying like, oh, I'm fat or I'm this, or I don't like my body. And then your friend looks at you and thinks like, wait a minute, I'm bigger than you are. So if you think you're fat, then what does that make me? And you know, like there's just a habit hole you can go down. And, and I think that it's, it's so beneficial when we take responsibility for each other's um, sense of self and, and help bolster each other's self-love as well. I actually, funny that you're, you're bringing the topic up, I actually somehow stumbled upon a gossip page from my Instagram this morning, and I was searching for an old blog page, and there's so many, oh my gosh, so many, like, 10 pages of, like, 50 comments of, like, negative, basically, comments on my physical appearance, and hit exactly at points that I've been hit at as a kid from friends, um, or just ones I feel about myself, and even when it comes to not even just inner voice and friends, um, there's a huge, I mean, remember Ask FM and stuff growing up, there's been like so many terrible like internet social media sources on uh, body shaming others and people saying that negativity to you or your friend, whatever it may see, we see it all over. And I mean, you can go to a famous person's page, look at their comments and see just nasty things and you think, oh my gosh, I think that's that about her. And then you start questioning yourself, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, it just—it's just 100% has to be recognized and talk about that. It's a full, full insecurity within themselves to even say anything like that or say anything to you. Um, especially is remember or think about and really understand who's in your circle and who's saying things to you and what they're saying. It took me a long time to recognize it was not okay um, comments that my friends were making, and it also took me a long time to recognize um, if my friends are bringing up comments, not to be like, "LOL, I feel the same fucking way," or like say something or agree into them or right. stick up for them and stick up for their voice. Because I think, I mean, I've been there too, where I've been like, I've just drowned the negativity with my friends or drowned the negativity on social media. Yeah. And even, you know, as we're talking, I think it's important to acknowledge the positive comments about bodies as well. Like that kind of goes back to what we were talking about with competing and fitness. Like the more you hear that validation, the more you start to think that like, oh, people like me more now because my body is better or different. And, you know, it's great to hype your friends up like that, that they look great. They look amazing. They're beautiful no matter what their size and shape. But I think that we should focus on giving like 10 times the amount of compliments that are not body related for every one compliment that is body related. And I would say, honestly, the comments that are personal and really hit on my personality stick with me and means so much to me. Um, and I think to me, it's also because just being complimented body-wise, it's like it's, your ego goes up a little bit and then it goes back down. Because especially if you aren't fully there within your own self-love, um, if you haven't fully accepted your body, which I, I'm definitely still working on, um, it's kind of like, a, oh, it doesn't hit you the same. And But when someone really compliments your personality, which is like, oh, like you noticed, um, it's a huge thing. And as well as, I mean, I'm sure the next, the negative comments to me have stuck around more than the positive and that's but that's a reflection of myself on focusing and so many of us focus on those negatives but again with what you were saying with I mean 
as I said before earlier on the podcast, so many people count more on weight loss than weight gain. I would say, I mean, I've seen girls on Facebook that I follow and this one girl from high school, she's lost tons of weight and the amount of comments about her abs, et cetera. And she never used to get comments on her pictures before. So of course that's going to put into her mind and so many of us as women, like, okay, the leaner we are, the more comments we get, the more validation that's people want to see. Right. And, you know, to your point, that's something that is so volatile and changing. Like our bodies are, are, are temporary. They're always going to change. And so mm-hmm. if somebody compliments your body one day, but the next day you feel like maybe you're retaining more water or you feel bloated, then you automatically are going to go into this space where you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough today. I'm not worthy today because my 100%. body looks different than it did yesterday. Yep. And so many of us fall into the trap of, and they, I mean, Facebook memories, Snapchat memories, like, oh, I looked like this a year ago. I looked like this two years ago. I guess I'm not, you know, here good enough anymore at this weight. I mean, I I did that the other day. I mean, an image popped up me four years ago of my show and I was shredded. And I was like, oh, like, and then it puts me in this place and I'm 40 pounds heavier. Like, what does that mean now? You know? Yeah, I actually just wrote an article about that. That's so interesting you bring that up. It's That's a real phenomenon where, and it happens, I mean, I've talked to older women who say that it happens all throughout their lives. At first you're like 20 and you're like, crap, I wish I looked like I did when I was 16. And then you're 30 and you wish you looked like you did when you were 20. And that happens all the way until you're in your old age. And you're like, wow, I really just wish that I had appreciated my body at every stage. And so why not like, yeah, like why not appreciate it now than have to wait until you're 70 to wish that you hadn't wasted those years hating your body? Uh, that's the biggest like heart-wrenching point that I can make. And I, you've heard me say it a billion times because it's so true. I don't want to be nine years old and be like, fuck, like I wish I loved myself then. And I, my whole life was spent in this constant battle of hating the one body I was born into. Yeah. So I'm curious for you too, because we, we get these uh, food related questions a lot. A lot of times when we're talking about body image, naturally the conversation of food comes up. So for you personally, when you're, when you've experienced moments in the past of having like bad body image days or not feeling very good about yourself, does that change your relationship with food? And do you experience like guilt or shame around food and eating depending on how your body looks? Oh yeah. My relationship with food is on a full 180. Um, it's, com- yeah, completely different. So when I was, I mean, in high school, I remember starving myself um, before, because there was pool days all the time, like all of our friends were hanging out in the pool. And I remember the whole day, I would not eat a single thing so I could look skinny at the pool. That was like my mindset. Um, college was the same thing. I, if I was going out later that night to a formal, whatever it might be, would barely eat anything. Um, I would feel so guilty if I basically drank a lot, had a lot of pizza the next morning, or just be in full self-hatred mode and then do tons of cardio. So it was always like, oh, I could, and I'm sure so many women have been in the stage where, oh, okay, if I do this, then I, I'll run five miles if I just eat this food. And that was my mindset all throughout college. Um, really kind of shifted when I had, well, actually the senior year of college shifted because I had a concussion my senior year and I didn't want to be on medication anymore, and I really wanted to see what I could shift in my diet. And I started recognizing just to an extreme, extreme power, or to an extreme, the power that food has in healing, and how good it feels to just not feel like so restricted with everything I eat, and also just find food that makes me feel good, but also allowing myself to 
have those foods every once in a while that I would once back in the day condemn myself with. So you experienced that, you know, when you focus more on, on nourishing foods, it not only impacted your actual mental health, like your anxiety improved and your moods improved, but it also freed up mental space to then focus on other things. Oh, 100%. It was, I, I'll forever remember I was so excited because I, so I was like laying in bed, this was like two weeks after, this was college, was my last, or second last profession I had. Um, laying in college two weeks and I was like in my bed all day, chronic migraines, and I was like, I need to do something. And so I just started researching, researching, researching about um, anti-inflammatory diets, just Mediterranean diet, all those things. And my diet really shifted. At that point in college, I was just kind of really under eating and eating more processed foods than I would like. Um, just pretty much like having a bowl of spaghetti a day and then having like buying salad, but not actually eating it. I'd like keep it in the fridge and then like have some lettuce here and there. Um, but anyway, and then I'd also like keep some snacks on the, in the pantry that my roommates had and I would like beg them for a bite because I didn't want to buy them the sorts if they'd be bad for me. It was just a terrible mindset. But anyway, it shifted when I started getting into um, healing myself through food and it shifted everything for me. I remember just feeling so much more energetic. My migraines started going away. Um, I started being able to just see how food impacted my whole being. It was like a spiritual experience. It was beautiful. Um, and that kind of shifted my whole relationship with food. Oh, that's so powerful. And what about your relationship with exercise? Obviously, when you were in a more disordered mm-hmm. way of thinking, it was a, a more disordered relationship. But now, do you feel like you turn to exercise because it's something that's empowering and that you want to do or do you still have moments where you feel like you have to do it in order to have your body look a certain way so it's 100% shifted because I mean in college it was like I could not miss a day I was extreme I, if I, would, I would go two times a day if I could I was just it was my thing like I had to go would feel I would lose all progress if I didn't go one day really took a rest day um, and now I, it's my whole mindset with the gym is just completely shifted because I don't view my body as just this like thing only that needs only for its physical appearance and it is that I have to utilize it always for the gym and there's so much more to experience for me. So I feel like I need to take time more to myself that day or if I'm just not in the mindset and I'm not feeling, I just need to like release energy in another way, like journaling, going on a hike going into the mountains, whatever it may be, um, I give myself that. And I think it's a little different with being on social media because I do feel sometimes a pressure to feel a certain way just due to comments. But then I recheck myself and I remember that I'm the main character of my life. And I can either, and everyone else making comments um, and saying that you have to look a certain way, they shouldn't even be a freaking extra in their story, you know? Um, So... For me, it, this whole journey has been becoming the main character, and I utilize the gym now to make me feel good, and it, I love the endorphins and all those things, but it's not so much. I'm not focused on a certain goal, um, physique goal, or basically saying, oh, I have to train, like, overtrain myself and work myself to death just to reach this, this aesthetic. I've reached it. I've reached that aesthetic that I wanted to get, the leanness I wanted to be in. It didn't really provide me what I was looking for because I wasn't doing any internal work. It was all solely reliance on my external body, which, okay, I reached it, and so what, you know? 
Yeah. I got that, I got that outside validation and then, then I was starving myself on that internal. And you still didn't feel good enough. Oh no. I mean, and that's the thing. So many of us are like, Oh, if I reach that, if I just lose five pounds, like I'll be happy in life. Um, if I, even it's, an, it's everything. If I have that relationship, I'll be solely happy. If I have this, I'll be happy. That's never the case to me. And I've felt that way my whole life. If I, I mean, right now I, I live in one of my dream cities. I'm in finally in a healthy relationship and it's not like, Oh, I got here and I'm finally won the lottery. It's like, I still have a lot of inner work to do. And it's a, it's a daily practice. The happiness is not just a destination. It's like, it's a decision and it's a daily practice to, to do. Yeah. And that's something that I really admire about you so much is that you are so open and real about your journey and where you're at and, and giving yourself compassion, you know, on those days where you recognize that you need rest and that your body's asking you to slow down. You don't just push yourself because you're a fitness influencer. You show people Mm. like, Hey, I needed to, take it easy today. I needed to take a bath. I needed to cry all day in journal, like, because that's where I'm at. And that's what was coming up for me. And I think it's so important, especially someone like yourself with such a a big following and so many people who look up to you to model that sense that like, we don't have to be perfect and have it all together all the time. We're human. We get to show ourselves compassion. And that is what self-love looks like. That daily choice of saying, what do I need today? Let me check in with myself and honor that rather than pushing yeah. some agenda that somebody else forced on me. Yep, I love that. So if you could, a, a few questions, we'll break it down. So for everybody <laughs> listening who, who has, who is struggling with body image currently, um, learning to, to love themselves, whether they've made that decision yet or not, what is what are one or two daily affirmations that you really like to help encourage self-love? I love that. Um, So my favorite affirmation currently is, and you told me this one, um, is I'm choosing me. And I wake up every day telling myself that. And it's just been life-changing because instead of every single morning in the mirror, I look at myself, tear myself apart, fight against myself, negative self-talk. And instead I'm like, no, I'm choosing to fight for myself. Like I'm choosing to fight for myself today. Um, another affirmation that I love um, to tell myself, I wouldn't really say it's an affirmation per, per se, because um, I just, as we've said multiple times this podcast, my biggest thing is I don't want to look back at nine years old and recognize I didn't, I wasn't the main character of my life and I didn't, you know, really live it to my fullest and I lived in a shell of myself. So it's not so much an affirmation, but it's something I remind myself of constantly um, to really be so present and be so grateful and really recognize, you know, what your body does for you on a daily basis, because I don't want to, I don't want to waste this one precious time. And it takes, a, it took a lot for me to even recognize how precious this life was. Uh, both of you and I have both dealt with suicidal thoughts. So, I mean, at one point I would never have that mindset. I, I wanted to, I didn't want to be here. So even the simple thought of like being looking back in nine years old, like I hated life. It's like, well, I already, I hate it. I don't want to be here. Um, but um, throughout my journey, every single day, I had to remind myself, no, I'm choosing to fight. I'm choosing to fight. And recognizing just the little things. I mean, gosh, the birds, cookie dough, like little things in life that kept me going and just kind of brought me to where I'm now. So that's probably my two biggest affirmations I tell myself. 
I really love that. I mean, both of those, the, the first one, because it, it reaffirms that it is a daily choice. It's not like you make the choice once and you're, you're changed forever. You wake up oh, yeah. every day and make that choice. And, and mm -hmm. it's just like brushing your teeth or taking a shower. You have to return to the practice. And it also gives you that permission that if one day you're having a particularly bad day, you can also just give yourself permission to like be in your shit for a little while, knowing yeah, that yeah. you can make up wake up the next day and choose yourself again oh yeah i mean i've been in my sh i've been in my shit now for like two weeks you i told you <laughs> i've had chronic and chronic anxiety and, and all these things and i really have to i mean i just had to allow myself and allow myself to feel it and really processing and understanding what it is and then okay this is what's happening i'm not gonna i was talking negative like what the heck i told you like this is so annoying i want to go away i can't deal with all this um, but it's just been reframing uh, my mind, my voice, my inner voice to myself and really looking deeper at what it is and giving myself grace. And it's just your journey with your body image and self-love and all these things is going to be ebb and flow. It's going to go up and down. Yep. And, you know, to your second point that you, you really have the opportunity to say like, all right, what do I want? my legacy to be in this lifetime? Like, what, what do I want my yeah. experience to be? Because I, I have the ability to make that choice now rather than looking back 60 years from now with regret. And I think for most of us, it's so important that we realize we are so much more than just a physical body. We, we take care of it yeah. like a vehicle so that we can go out and enjoy life and live life to the fullest, but it is not the end all be all that determines your worth as a, as a mm -hmm. human being. So those are super important validations and affirmations for people. I love those. I mean, you can, you can either, I mean, to me, you can either sit here and just completely give in and suck into your mental or your negative thoughts. And that, that can be how you live your life. And it's, that's the easy way to take because it's hard. It is hard to consistently stand for yourself, consistently choose yourself, consistently have to change your mindset. It's not easy. But it's also the path I want to choose to live a life that's worth living for me. Hundred percent. So when we talk about the concept of self-love, a lot of people think like bath bombs and journaling and <laughs> like those kind of things, which I think we both are advocates for. That's super important yes. to take the time to slow down, have a good relationship with your thoughts and feelings and emotions, take care of yourself in those ways. Do you have any like out-of-the-box practices for self-care that people might not think of that help you really get back in tune with your body and who you are and, and love yourself a little more? Okay, this is, okay, I thought this was a weird one before I told Megan and she said it wasn't weird at all. But um, <laughs> one of my biggest ones, honestly, is looking into the mirror and talking to myself and like shower talks. Um, I think like looking into your eyes in the mirror and fully breaking down what you're feeling everything in your mind and kind of where you want to go with it um, and really standing for yourself and looking in there and saying, I'm going to fight for you and looking into your eyes is one of the biggest forms of self-love and so empowering. And it can be very awkward and weird at first if you've never done it before, but it is so beautiful and I highly recommend. I'm a huge fan of shower talks too. And because your mind, it's just, there's so many thoughts racing all the time. And unfortunately, so many of us pretty much recycle the same thoughts, but it just contain it just gets so overwhelming and draining. So I just have to say it out loud to myself and 
speak to myself and get it out of there and be like, okay, you keep cycling on this thought. Let's, let's break it down. Yes. And I will elaborate on that for people listening who want to give that a try because it is such a valuable self-care practice for building your relationship with yourself that I have, like Katrina said, it can be really awkward in the beginning. I've had a lot of clients who will do mirror work where they can, they can't look at themselves for more than 10 seconds without like laughing or squirming or getting uncomfortable. (laughs) But I also have had a lot of clients who can't look at themselves for more than five or 10 seconds without looking away because they have so many judgments about themselves or hatred towards themselves or you look into your eyes in the mirror and you break down crying because you realize you've never connected with yourself in that way anymore or in that way before so I just want to call out those experiences in case you do go and try it that that's perfectly normal if those things come up for you oh I've cried every time yeah it's deep stuff It's because it's so powerful to like meet yourself where you're at and to see, to kind of peel back the layers and see all the veils come down, all the walls come down, the, the things that you've been building up to protect yourself and just get vulnerable with you. That is powerful, powerful healing oh, yeah. work. And so crying and laughing and all the things are perfectly fine. <laughs> crying is great. You're releasing all of the pent up. Storm Bad energy. energy. Yep. yep. So good. So, do you have any last words of wisdom or pieces of advice for people struggling with with body image? Oh, this is you've shared so much already. Again. So, <laughs> I I really honestly one thing also that has been transformed to me, um, and this really hit home to people who. Well, I mean, anyone that has a close relationship with friends, family, etc. But to me. I started my, so my, one of my best friends in my life was my grandmother and she passed away um, three months ago, four months ago now. Um, and it was incredibly hard for me, but the big, one of the biggest things that's helped, that's helped me is when I look in the mirror, I mean, I am my grandmother, like in her twenties, that's why I look like her and I encompass so many things about her and I encompass so many things about my mom and my dad who are two of my favorite people on this planet. Um, and even simple things like my friends will talk about like my loud laugh or friends will make comments on different parts of my personality. So when I look in the mirror, I see a reflection of so many people I love. And that's so beautiful to me. The fact that, you know, I'm looking in the mirror, I see my grandmother, my mom, my dad, um, or even simple things my friends have brought up to me. Um, and that's been tri- so hugely transformative for me with my body image because I'm I'm a, literally a living, walking, breathing vessel of people I love. It's just, it's so powerful. And another thing for me is just the simple fact, and I have to remind myself every single day, that there's not one person on this planet that encompasses everything you do in any way. I mean, and that's just not, that's not just your looks. It's your laugh, the way your eyes light up, and your favorite song, um, the way you dance, the way you smile when someone says something nice to you, all those things. There's no one else on this earth that, that that does it like you do and I think that's so cool I mean that's just so cool to me and so powerful that there's not one person on this planet that is me and that's my power okay now I really have goosebumps (laughs) that was so good that was so powerful and such beautiful advice that I think we should all take to heart 
thank you. <laughs> no, thank you for coming on and for, for sharing your story and being so willing to be vulnerable because I think that a lot of people get caught up with these issues because it can feel isolating and like you're the only one yeah. who feels this way. And the reality is I think the vast majority of us feel this way a lot of the time 100%. and normalizing it will also help us move through and heal it. Yes, 100%. I'm so happy you brought me on. Yeah, it's, I mean, I love talking to you. I could talk to you for days. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so for people who are listening who um, don't yet follow you, where can they find you and the work that you do and see what you're up to? So I am on Instagram called Sweet Eating. Um, my site is, or my program is The Sculpt You, which Megan is also a part of, um, thesculptu.com, which we have a daily sculpt, and that's where you can find me. Awesome. I will be sure to link those in the show notes below. So for those of you who are listening who aren't already following her, you're crazy. Go follow her right now because she's super inspiring and you're going to love everything she posts. It's all very motivational, lots of awesome workouts. We post a lot of great mental health stuff for yeah. the Sculpt You. Um, and depending on when you guys are tuning in, we're doing a giveaway for a three-month Sculpt You membership and also a free session with me. Um, so check out our Instagrams for details of that. Um, and again, thank you, Katrina, for, for coming on and for all the work that you do right. to help empower young women. It is so needed and so important. <laughs> and for everybody who's tuning in today, thank you guys so much for listening. If you know somebody in your life who is struggling with body image or their relationship with food and exercise and their, their selves um, and would benefit from hearing this episode, I highly encourage you to pass this along to them and make their day, give them some tools and resources to know that they're not alone because we are all in this together. And make sure you subscribe for updates so you can tune into future episodes. And as always, until next time, have a happy and healthy day.